You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Star Wars is dead. And who shot first? Well, it was actually Han Solo this time, but I don't blame Disney. A lot of people are going to put their blame in Disney and the whole acquisition and everything like that. No, 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 no. It's not Disney's fault. You know whose fault it is? It's your fault. You killed it. And I'm glad you did. It was the last bastion of nerddom and infantilism that I had in my life, and I'm so glad it's over. And it was all killed thanks to Solo, a Star Wars story. So I'm going to review it tonight on the show, and hopefully I can finally let go of this retarded Star Wars obsession I've had for 31 years. Let's go bully the internet. This is Pot Awful. Pot Awful sucks. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Jesse P.S. You can friend me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mark Zuckerberg's Asian Dildo. Facebook.com slash Mark Zuckerberg's Asian Dildo. I've been permanently suspended from Facebook.com slash Jesse PS. That account is gone forever. Also, Mark Zuckerberg's Asian Dildo 2, gone forever. Permazucked into oblivion. Thanks, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Oh, boy. I should bring out Tiny Nassim just for this. I could do a whole show just on the plans that we're making to uh, invade Menlo Park with Tiny Nassim. But, you know, let's move on from that. We've done this enough times. Go away, Tiny Nassim. Not now. Not now, Tiny Nassim. Uh, In fact, I have to introduce my co-host tonight. My co-host tonight from the Super Arrogant Bros podcast on Madcast Media. It's Captain Dirk, or as I'm going to call him tonight, Drake. Hey, Drake. Hi, Nipperuni. <laughs> Don't ever say that again to me. <laughs> um, now, Drake, of course, uh, you're on our resident nerd podcast on Madcast Media. You're a resident nerd, but you actually have not seen Solo, a Star Wars story. Is that correct? That is right. Okay. So, you know what? I was At first, I was looking for somebody who had seen the movie so we could really discuss it. I think this is actually better that you haven't seen it yet because I, it'll be fun to see your reaction to what I'm about to tell you. Now, <laughs> oh, no. had you purposefully avoided seeing the movie or do you plan to see it? Um, I do not plan to see it. Uh, it is something where I... I specifically stated I, i'm not going to go see it just because uh it's something that i never asked for it's not something that i think we need right so i don't need to give my money right and i applaud you for that i really do because that's where i should have been at this point of course the worst star wars movie that has been made before this was the last one the last jedi that ruined star wars forever in a lot of ways, but you know, I just, I was bored yesterday and I just needed something to go do. And so I went and saw star Wars. I saw Deadpool too. And you know how much I make fun of Deadpool. I still went and saw that. And I think this is where we're at as a culture. And this is why they keep cranking out this fucking bullshit is for exactly these types of reasons. We just keep going. Yeah. Well, you know, I've heard of that. So I'll go see that one. And I fucking fell for that shit too. I can't believe myself, to be quite honest, Drake. I still haven't seen Deadpool 2 either. 
You're a better man. You're the nerd, and I'm the one who's seen both of these things. <laughs> I don't go to these movies because I'm a nerd. It's oh well. Oh, that's you know what? That's a great point. The real, the true nerd and the true fan is the one who hates something the most. <laughs> And hey, I am amazing at hating things too. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's yeah. also good to have you on tonight. I can't wait to tell you about <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story. In fact, my favorite part, I think, is going to be telling you about the title of this movie. The title of this movie, it's it's worse than you ever could have imagined. I swear to God. Uh, but before we get into it, we are live as we are every Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time over at podawful.tv. We've got the live video stream going on. We've got the chat room that we call the Chaz room. And let's see what they're saying in the Chaz right now. Um, a bird said that Deadpool 2 was not birdie enough for him. Oh, this is a, this is a reference to something that was mentioned in the pre-show. Look, I'm not going to tell you what for the birds means now, but we'll just say these things are... For the, for the birds, okay? <laughs> you'll you'll start to get it in time. I have fond memories of the original series. I'm happy to leave them there. And that's another thing. If I'm going to be a true not-nerd about this, and I am trying to be a not-nerd about this, I'm not going to sit here and tell you our childhoods have been raped like they did during the prequels. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that some you know Disney destroyed my childhood it's such a dumb argument. It's so dumb. It's sickening, as a matter of fact. Oh, number one, who can you're you know what destroyed your childhood or what should have? Your adulthood. <laughs> that should be over with. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, Drake. Do you remember growing up you'd hear the term a lot, um, someone's inner child? You heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, so oh, it brings out the inner child in me. When was the last time you heard someone use that phrase? It's been a long time. Right? Uh, yeah. And you didn't think about that until I said it just now, right? Right. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't occur to you before. Well, that's what happened to me yesterday. I was thinking about this going, nobody has said the phrase inner child in so long, and it's because it's an outer child for everyone now. There is no inner, you don't need an inner child anymore. It's outer. You've never grown up. So I'm not going to do the, the, you know, they rape my childhood thing. I do think that it is our fellow nerd people and our fellow Star Wars people who killed Star Wars. It's not really the fault of Disney, partially because of people like me who went and saw this stupid fucking movie, just like we just said, but for other reasons too that we'll get into as we go along here. Um, and, you know, I've been saying for a long time, Drake, I think since the prequels came out, I said, you know what we don't need? We don't need backstories. <laughs> right, right. Uh, because it, it, you already know how it's going to turn out anyway. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen a prequel and it made sense to have watched that prequel? I can't think of a single good prequel. I mean, gee, I had no idea how Rogue One would turn out. Right, exactly. I, 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 oh, do you I think no they get that, the plans to the Death Star? Do you think I, they do it? I had no idea that Anakin was going to turn out to be Darth Vader by the third, you know, third prequel movie. By the it's way, shocking, yeah. imagine if they had done those prequels and it turns out he wasn't Darth Vader. Now that would have been something. Oh. Then you would have gone, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, that's not his dad at the end? It's just some crazy old man? That would have been cool. 
I would never stop talking. I would be like, that is amazing. That's the most awesome thing they've ever done in all of cinema history is they set this whole thing up years ago and then knocked it all down and said, nah, that wasn't real. Obi-Wan lied to, or Darth Vader lied to him. And then Obi-Wan went along with it. Um, <laughs> that would have been fun. I can't think of a single good prequel that has ever existed in any regard, in any regard. Can, can you name anything it's outside of star Wars even? Uh, no. And, and actually the same thing applies for, uh, video games too. Like they, like you have nowhere else to go ahead with the, the storyline or the series. So you go back to, you know, into a prequel and it's like, yeah, okay, sure. I, I know how this is going to go over, but when a new game comes out, there's supposed to be new features in this game. So it's like you play as Batman, you're supposed to have new moves for Batman. Then it's like, well, why didn't he have this in the original <laughs> right. games? Yeah. Cause you have to come up with new in video games. You have to come up with new stuff to have them do. But if it's a prequel, yeah. then they're not going to do that shit in the later one. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. I don't play video games though, because you know, it's for the birds. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, uh, let's get into solo stuff. You know, I, what I want to start with is my personal theater going experience. I feel like that's probably not the best place to start because people want to hear about the solo stuff. Um, let me give, let me start with this. Let me give you my overall impression of solo, a star Wars story, which keep in mind okay. is the name of this movie. Uh, I would start with that. Wait, wait, wait. It's a star Wars story. It, this one is a Star Wars story. This was not Han Solo, a nothing to do with Star Wars story. Oh, fuck my ass. I Oh, I, I'm approaching this all wrong then. Sorry. Shit. Yeah, this is Star Wars related. So okay. what I'll do is I'm going to give a spoiler free overview of my feelings on the movie. And then uh, for after and then I'm going to talk about my personal theater going experience. And then after that, it's all bets off spoilers ahead i'll tell you again when i'll warn you one more time although if you did what we suggested you do last week which is subscribe and follow brian allen fortune our new goon um he's already spoiled the movie for you <laughs> he, he he put all over facebook the bi- only and biggest surprise of this movie that's so son of a bitch yeah <laughs> he ruined it but this is apparently what he does he spoils movies yeah so uh Here's my overall take on Solo, a Star Wars movie. Not only was this movie unnecessary, as we were just saying, not only was it impossible to live up to because none of the original actors could play these parts anymore and so on, this movie was so poorly written that it does not function as a film, let alone a Star Wars story. This movie, I don't know if you heard about this, Drake, but they they started making this movie with two directors, Lord and Miller, who did Lego Movie and several, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Okay, uh, people know these guys, and they completed ninety five percent of the movie, ninety five percent of it, and then they kicked those directors off of the project and they brought in Ron Howard to direct it and they reshot almost Uh everything. (laughs) What? Almost everything was reshot. And let me tell you something. You can feel it. You know it. This is a Frankenstein monster of a shithole film. 
it's disgusting what you're watching Gee, on screen. I've, I've, that's that story sounds very, very familiar. I mean, I can't think of a previous comic book film where that happened. Oh, wait, wait, I don't, I don't know what you're referencing. What it, are you? it might have been about Batman and Wonder Woman and uh, oh, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where the original director was like given the boot and they. A certain yeah, director. Justice yeah. Well, he wasn't given the boot. His daughter committed suicide. <laughs> so he well, uh, you just got to work through that. You know what? I don't I don't disagree with you. In fact, I think yeah. he even might have said like, you know what, guys, I this is think of what a fucking horrible father you'd have to be to say this. But I'm pretty sure at first he was like, uh, I'll power through it and do it. And they're like, no, 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 take the time off. I think Warner brothers told him like, take the time off because they wanted to make this movie better than he was going to make it. But think about being Zack Snyder <laughs> and going, you know what? I know my daughter just, my teenage daughter just committed suicide, but gosh, darn it. I have to make this steaming pile of shit. <laughs> I have to think of the fans. Um, and by he the, was, he was meant to be a hero. <laughs> yeah. But, Oh, you mean Superman? Yeah. Not in those movies. Well, um, not, no, no, by the way, upcoming awful flicks commentary on justice league that is coming very soon. Um, on the pot awful store and the pot awful pizza fund. So if you, if you hate that movie as much as we clearly do, uh, I've got something that might make you actually enjoy it. So back to solo, a star Wars story, the actual name of an actual film, they Frankenstein this movie together. And I, the, the scuttlebutt on why they got rid of the original guys, Lord and Miller is because they were making it too much like a comedy. And at first, when we heard this movie announced, when they said, we're going to make a, a solo prequel, everyone said, why Disney? Why? Why? D- no, don't. And of course I did the same. I had no interest in seeing this movie. And then when I heard that they were making a comedy version of it, I thought, you know what? I would see that. That sounded kind of interesting to me because they haven't really done a genre movie with Star Wars paint on it yet. Um, they, you know, they, they made you think they were going to do it with Rogue One and then Rogue One turned out to just be not a movie. <laughs> it just wasn't a story. It was a video game on a on a movie screen and you couldn't right. control it. It had no characters and nothing happened in it. Um, so I thought if they make it a comedy, I won't care that it's not the original guys. And I'm not that I'm not so nerdy that I care about that kind of stuff that much anyway, but you'll, it'll be easier to forgive if it's being, if it's being played for laughs. I liked that idea. Of course, all the nerds had, had outcry about it. They go a comedy movie. no, we take our Star Wars seriously. We we, we play KOTOR. <laughs> you know, I am at, I don't know why, but uh, I've never played Knights of the Old Republic, but I believe that anybody who is like a super nerd, they think Star Wars is that game. I I played KOTOR and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're the people I don't think I, it's aged that well. They're the people I think of that think that star the meaning of Star Wars is cool lightsaber battles. That's what I always think of. Oh think. no, no, fuck that. Yeah. So so they they took these guys and everybody's going, a comedy movie? No, we take our Star Wars is too seriously. And <laughs> and so they got fired for making it too funny, I guess. 
Also, apparently during filming, the guy playing Han Solo had to go take acting classes, which is never a good look. What? You don't want that. <laughs> I'm not, that out? I'm not, they, this is like in the trades. This was in the news oh. during the filming. They, by the way, they've been filming this movie up until like a month ago. <laughs> this movie just got finished. Um, but yeah, he had to go back and take acting classes. Uh, so that's not good. You don't want that for your lead in a major motion picture. Uh, they fire these guys. They, they, they film 95% of it. The villain of the movie, the guy who played the villain of the movie, I think it was Michael K. Williams. Uh, they go to make the reshoots with Ran Howard. He can't be in it. Like he, he's got another commitment. He can't do it. So they had to hire a new guy to play the villain and reshoot all of those scenes. They had already destroyed the sets for those scenes. So they had to rebuild all of those scenes. And it's a, like, you can see what the, the, the effort they put into it from behind the scenes photos before they reshot them to what's on screen now. And you can tell like, Oh, they just didn't have that shit anymore. <laughs> they didn't, they couldn't do it. it like, they tried to rebuild it, but it's like, it's much lesser now. Right. Um, and the movie feels like, it, at some point it was a comedy and then they cut out all of the jokes except for five. There's five random points in the movie that have a clear setup punchline moment. And then everything else is taken super dark, super gritty, super gruff, super Zack Snyder, DC. This is the real deal stuff. Not even as lighthearted as what you would think maybe a Ron Howard film would be. Okay. You know? What's something else Ron Howard has made? The Grinch? Ooh, I forgot that one too. I think he made that. What are Ron Howard films? Do you know any other ones? I don't I don't I'm not a big movie buff, so I don't I don't know of anything. Oh, he, that uh, he did the um those Tom Hanks movies based on books. What are those called? Yeah, an- I don't know. Angels and Demons. What the fuck is it? The Da Vinci Code. Oh, yeah, The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, the Da Vinci yeah. Code. He did those movies. Okay, so I guess the, this was more Da Vinci Code and less The Grinch um, in the Ron Howard canon of films. It It is a sluggish, limping nightmare of a movie. And I got to tell you, nobody in the theater I was in was enjoying it it's not just me it's not me being like an asshole about it or anything nobody liked it now drake i'd like you to can you do me a favor sure can you look up what the box office intake was for solo a star wars story (laughs) all right all right look that up and uh interrupt me when you got it let me tell you about my theater experience seeing this fucking pile of shit I get there too early. I accidentally bought the raw. I bought a ticket for a movie theater that is not in New York City, which is where I live. And so, which is kind of a problem. I can't travel outside of the state within uh, 10 minutes to get to see my movie. So I had to rebuy the ticket. And so I was there way too early and it was very hot out. So I asked the guy, I was like, dude, can you just let me in now? Cause it's fucking hot outside. I just want to sit in the AC. So he lets me in. I was there real early. And there were almost all of the theaters were playing solo. They banked on this one. You know, there's other big stuff still in the theater, but they solo is most of the theaters at this multiplex. Uh, 
And I assume, you know, I'm the first guy there, but people are going to show up. You know, I got a prime seat. The theater never fills. And we're talking Saturday, middle, like uh, evening show, prime evening show on a Saturday opening weekend in New York City, in a big theater in New York City. Nobody's there. This theater was not even half full. And this is one of the biggest franchises ever to exist in the universe. You found those numbers yet, Drake? It it made less than Justice League did. It made less than Justice League's? Like, Justice League's... <laughs> wait, hang on. Justice League's opening night or, or opening weekend? I or? think it's opening weekend. Um, I'm looking up articles here. How much uh, did it make? From Hollywood Reporter... Solo, a Star Wars struggle, struggling to, uh, sorry, story, struggling to hit $100 million in the United States and crashes overseas. Wow. So there, it's also fucking up over there, which I, I expect that though, because it turns out a lot of the uh, overseas markets don't really care about Star Wars as much as we do here. Like China doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. They can't get them to watch those movies. Um, but man, it flopping here is like it's not a flop. I mean, it's still making millions of dollars. Yeah. But as far as these types of movies go, that's not a good look at all. Now, I think they were kind of expecting that out of this. I think they knew nobody wanted to see this stupid movie. But I think they also thought, and and you and I, I believe, like uh, it's kind of in your head. Oh, it's a Star Wars movie. It's going to make money, right? Like people are going to see it. That's that's the way it kind of works, right, Drake? Right, right. It's okay. It looks like um, uh, made uh, like overall the the global amount is like one forty eight point three million. Hundred. So it looks like it made just about half as much as the Force Awakens did when that one opened. Well, Force Awakens did super well, but yeah, yeah, that's still yeah. You'd expect uh, this one to make much more than it than it did over the weekend. Like I thought, this movie was getting some some actual hype from star wars fans oh and i thought i was more alone in that uh well you know i thought so too i thought once uh things were building up to it releasing at the very least i was hearing a little bit of buzz i think more people cared about deadpool though at this point um the (laughs) so i i'm sitting there in the theater i'm going wow nobody's coming in here this is getting a little crazy the previews are playing now i think this was just my theater but if you saw this movie and this happened to you, please let me know. Because if, if this is a feature of the movie, then this is the worst put-together movie I've ever seen in a movie theater, okay? I think it was just my theater. Movie starts, finally, and all of the dialogue is not only very, very quiet, but it's also only coming out of the front speakers of the theater. There's almost nothing coming out of the back speakers except for the louder musical cues and occasional sound effects. Now, I think that was the mix at my theater, but it might have been the movie. And about, I want to say, 10 minutes into the movie, I'm looking around me at the few people who were there, and I'm going, are you guys... Can you hear what there's... I can't hear a fucking word Han Solo has said this whole time. What is he saying? What is... I didn't know what was happening because I couldn't hear it. I have no idea. Now, this might have been the movie's mix. I don't know. 
It might have been the theater. It might have been the movie. If it was the movie, if you had that happen to you, please let me know because I would like to laugh and laugh and laugh for the rest of my life at how poorly put together this major motion picture was. Was that for the whole movie or just the beginning? The entire movie. It was so bad. It was... Drake, it was so bad. You poor bastard. It was... It was so bad that I, I think 30 minutes, and this is a two-hour movie, by the way, which it has no right to be. It was so bad that 30 minutes or so into the movie, I moved up two rows. I was in the like prime spot that I like to sit in in the movie theater, center, mo- like almost all the way to the back, right where I like to sit. And I moved up into the side just so I could hear what was happening. I'm looking at everybody going, do you, it's not just me, right? And they're all just sitting there like, eh, eating their popcorn. Like, do fucking. you see this shit? <laughs> do you see this shit? Do you see this shit? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was losing my mind. I'm thinking, am I going deaf? Like, I'm already wear, having to wear glasses to the movie theater now, you know? because I can't see the screen without it being fuzzy. How old am I getting? I can't hear what's going on. And then I realized, wait, all of the dialogue's only happening up there. That's not how this works. And these mouth breathers, they're, I don't know how they were breathing. They were just stuffing their faces full of popcorn and not even paying any attention. And I don't think they, it mattered. I think they just sat there and went, you know, it doesn't matter, whatever. There's stuff happening on the screen. But here's another problem with this movie. It's dark. It's dark, and it's muddled, and it's monochrome. Um, The entire movie is one color or another. Every scene is, it's either all orange or all blue or all gray, depending on what's going on at the time. And by the way, if you've seen the trailer to the movie and you paid any attention at all to it, you know exactly what's about to happen in the movie because of what color is on the screen at any time. Like when Lando was about to come up, I knew it was about to happen because everything was orange. And I remember in the trailer, everything was orange during that scene. This movie looks terrible. You can't hear what's going on, and that might be the theater. But I do blame, either way, even if it was just my theater, I believe that movies in general especially these sorts of cheap you know uh summer action flicks like this are all doing this sort of thing now where they have this quiet muddled mixed too deep under the music and sound effects dialogue so it's still a problem of the movie either way i don't think i would have understood what was happening dialogue wise either way But it turns out, even after moving up two seats, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can't see it. It doesn't matter if you can't hear it. Because guess what? Also, the plot is incoherent. (laughs) None of it makes sense, even if you are able to piece those things together. Drake, I'm telling you, this this, this this move... So, so... Two things happen here uh, besides the plot being incoherent. So not only are you not able to hear what's going on in the dialogue, at least, but the film believes you're so retarded that they have to use colors. <laughs> yes. For you to understand who you're seeing on the screen. Look, there's a, well, it's not a who thing. It's just a setting thing. And that's a normal, you know, it's normal to do that, have a color palette 
for right. indicating mood. Yeah, you know, I famously like uh, the Matrix did that, so you'd know when you were in the Matrix, everything had a green tint to it, right? Yeah, and, and there was a nice point to that, but like right. you need orange because it's introducing Han Solo. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Intr- introducing Lando. Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Oh my God, I got to talk about Lando too. So, all right. I don't think that I don't think it was like a lay motif when it came to the who's on screen. So it's that color. I think it was just scene for scene. They said, okay, what temperature is this scene? And they went with that. And look, Star, like it or not, nerds, Star Wars is for children. It's a children's thing uh, for the most part. And it should basically be a cartoon, <laughs> you know? It should have a bunch of fucking colors happening in it. This movie should be bright and easy to see. The darkest scene, I think, of the original Star Wars movies is when they're in that trash compactor. And it's just because it's literally a dark thing. That's it, you know? Everything else is, if it's not colorful, at least it's bright. You know, stormtroopers right. are bright white. <laughs> this movie, I'm not kidding. So they barely have stormtroopers in this movie, which is shocking because they usually have to throw those in. So you go, oh, yeah, Star Wars. I know Star Wars. <laughs> ATSTs, ATSTs, <laughs> to quote Red Letter Media. Hopefully I'm getting this out before Red Letter Media's thing so nobody says, you're just saying what they're saying. No, I just happen to always think the exact same way as them. Um, so there's no stormtroopers in this movie, basically, but... At one point, there are what they call mud troopers. And Drake, guess why they call them that? That sounds terrible. Guess why they call them mud troopers, Drake? Because uh, they're camouflaged in, in the in the mud? Because they're, they're literally on a mud planet. <laughs> no, you can't take the headphones off. You can't take the headphones off. You got to come back. Don't I leave don't me hanging here. They're, <laughs> so they're mud troopers, right? <laughs> okay. um, which means that the one chance you had for something being bright, if not colorful, was the stormtroopers. No, because guess what color mud troopers are, Drake? Drake, guess what color they are? Like a dark brown? They're mud-colored, Drake. They're mud-colored, the color. Yeah. They're the grayish-brownish color of the mud that they're in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the whole scene... And by the way, in this scene... And now we're into spoiler territory, so see you. It's, a, it's a, a great role you got there, son. You're you're playing as a stormtrooper in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> no, Dad, it's a it's a mud trooper. This oh. whole scene is just gray shit, and it's raining. It's not just muddy; it's raining. So just imagine the muddiest, rainiest, darkest scene. It's the worst, and it's it's one of their big action scenes too. Happens during this. And it, you just can't see what the fuck is happening. And it's the scene that introduces one of the main characters. All right, I'm going to come back to that. So let's go through. <laughs> I want to go through it plot by plot. Somebody in the chat room asked, uh, was Lando played by Donald Glover? Oh, yeah. And I got plenty to say about that. <laughs> um, this is Lando. Don't catch you sleeping on it. All right. So. So here's the movie. I'm just going to give you the plot of the movie <laughs> because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I If you turn away because of spoilers, you are for the birds, sir. I'm telling you. All right. So, and by the way, Drake, are you like me and that you know enough Star Wars stuff that you're at least 
vaguely familiar with um, extended universe type things. That's actually part of why I liked Star Wars. Okay, so, so. yeah, I, I'm the exact opposite of that, where I, yeah. I hate all the extended universe stuff, but I am aware of it. I'm very right. aware of it. So I think you probably you probably have a thought in your head of what the backstory of Han Solo is, right? No, I don't. You don't because they've gone. I mean, they've done that in all the extended universe stuff. But honestly, like in in the movies, like Han was one of my least favorite characters. I know I was the same way. Most people love Han. I never was into Han Solo. Well, yeah. all right. In the extended universe, for years now, they've said like he was in the Imperial Academy. You know, he was. I mean, he was basically a stormtrooper at some point, and maybe a pilot. And um, he, you know, he met Chewbacca by. Uh, freeing him like Chewbacca was a slave to the empire he freed him so Chewbacca owes him a life debt and that's why Chewbacca is with him I mean they became friends after that and they are friends but the whole reason they got hooked up to begin with is Chewbacca's culture there's a thing called a life debt where you basically have you know you owe your life to this person now so you're stuck with them um okay so all of that stuff anything you'd expect they do play in those areas but they always remove the only good part of any of those ideas in this movie. Okay. Okay. So so the movie starts out. Now, one of the things that the marketing made this seem like too, to try to make this seem like it might be an interesting thing was they kind of made it look like maybe there was an element of like a, um, fifties kind of car chase type movie vibe to it specifically like american graffiti which was a george lucas movie that harrison ford was in they right they, it they made you think that was like going to be a big part of the movie no 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 that's that's the just the first scene just the first scene of the movie is kind of an homage to that sort of thing they give han a speeder you know the vehicles they use on land and uh in star wars they give him a speeder that kind of looks like a hot rod and there's a chase and that's about it um, so it, it starts off Han and the female love interest of this movie. Cause you got to have one of those. You can't have Han look gay. Sorry for the birds. You can't have Han be for the birds. Although for <laughs> the birds in that case, sounds like you like women. If you're an English person, Oh, we might have to rethink this phrase. Oh yeah. So there's a female love interest named Kira. Okay. And they okay. both, they're both are, you know, Han, as he always has been, is from the planet Corellia, and they're both on that planet. And I believe this movie is supposed to take place about 10 years before Star Wars, the original movie. Um, you wouldn't know that because the guy fucking playing Han Solo looks like he's older than Harrison Ford now. He's got so many goddamn wrinkles in his forehead. <laughs> but I assume he just has those wrinkles, Drake, because... Um, that's, that's what they taught him to do to act when he had to take his new acting classes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So these, so these two are like, uh, they're basically, uh, uh, slaves to some sort of criminal gang on this planet Corellia. And there's, there's actually, there's not an opening crawl like the main star Wars movies. There's just titles that tell you everything that's going on. Like a shitty eighties sci-fi movie just text comes up on screen plain and just it's in the, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away font. And it just plainly comes up and explains to you where we are, what's going on. And that the, uh, 
the person who heads the, the this gang, this evil gang that Han's a slave to, is called Lady Proxima. <laughs> and so you think it's going to be this big mystery. You think that's going to be the villain, and that that's going to be a big, mi- yeah, Lady Proxima, which sounds like what? sounds like the uh, villain in a porno, <laughs> but. Um, Lady Proxima, you think is going to be like the big villain, right? And okay. so Han and uh, Kira are trying to escape, you know, living in this terrible thing. Uh, Corellia has the Empire coming down on it as well. And, you know, all these different planets are being war-torn by the Empire. And uh, you find out, <laughs> you find out very quickly, I'm talking five to ten minutes into the movie, that Lady Proxima is a big worm creature that talks. It's a big worm. <laughs> um, it's like a centipede sort of thing. It's, it's got a lady's voice, but it's a worm man. And which, you know, okay. remember Jabba the Hutt? Um, okay. And, ha- and it, it turns out that I guess the creatures that live on this planet, Corellia, that aren't human... They're sensitive to light, like a vampire, because the way Han gets away is by smashing a window, and light comes in and burns her, and they run. <laughs> they just run after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she starts burning. Ah! Um, and then her like main henchman starts chasing them, and that's where the car chase scene happens, the speeder chase. Uh, and they get away, and they get into a what looks like a train station, but I don't know how that works in star Wars world where everything is a spaceship. I'm not exactly sure what was going. Cause again, you at no point, every, by the way, everything I've described so far is me looking back and trying to piece this together while you're watching it. Nothing clues you into what's going on in front of you. It's just going on in front of you. Um, you know, and the colors changed at one. The colors went from blue to brown at one point, and I went, "Oh, they're in a new place." Okay, uh, so they're in this like train station thing. It seems to be being run by the Empire, and I guess it's the only way on or off world. And they're being pursued right now, and they're you know they're running away, so they're going to get in trouble if they get caught by the Empire as runaways, or if they get caught by the guys pursuing them, and then. They managed to. St- I, oh, I forgot about this part. I have no idea what they do here. They stole something from somebody, and apparently it's worth money. So they try to bribe an imperial to let them through this, this gate that's going to let them off to their freedom um, by giving her this thing. It's a lady. Okay. By the way, remember all the women you saw in the Empire in the original movies? I. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, how many was it? I don't remember. Zero. It was zero. Yeah. There were never anyone. It was all British men, right? So this one's a lady. <laughs> so okay. they break, and, which makes a lot. You really think like, oh, a lady. She's going to be the one who's going to want something valuable uh, in return for not doing her job properly. So they bribe this lady and the lady tries to let them through. But right as they go through the gate, the gate starts to shut back behind them. And Kira, the girl gets caught by the guys that were pursuing them, and Han makes it through. Um, And 
I can't remember if this was before or after. I think it's after. So Han's through there, and Han, like, going, okay, I don't know what the fuck to do now. My, I, You know, I'm free, but my girlfriend's stuck here. He doesn't want to, like, live, I guess, so he says, you know what, fuck it, I'll sign up for the Empire. They apparently happen to also, at this train station, be doing sign-ups. <laughs> for the, That's very convenient. For the military. So he goes up to an officer. This is the best part. Drake, do you remember the name of this movie? Solo, a Star Wars movie? Oh, thank you for reminding me of this. So here's the best part. Um, yeah. So he goes up to this uh, officer guy for the Empire and says, you guys do your enlisting here, right? <laughs> Something like that. And then the officer's like, yes. And then he's like, all right, sign me up. I'm going to be a pilot. The best pilot you've ever seen. <laughs> which like why would he say he by he's never flown a ship apparently at this point like <laughs> this is a han solo who has not ever pi- he doesn't own the millennium falcon yet he's never been okay. off world so but he for some reason he just knows he's going to be the best pilot you've ever seen and so they're like well you're probably going to just be infantry and he's like no i'm gonna be a pilot sign me up and he goes fine then your name and he goes han and the guy goes, last name. Now, this is what I've, I thought it never in a million years will they do this. <laughs> right? Never in a million years yeah. would they do this. This is the writing of the worst type of movie you've ever seen. What, this, is, this is the shittiest 90s movies type writing. He just kind of looks down when, he, when the guy asks him what his last name is, and clearly he doesn't have an answer. So Han has no last name. And the man goes, don't you have a family, a tribe? And, which is like uh-huh. a thing. It's like a theme that goes to the movie as a family uh-huh. or a tribe, right? A family, a tribe, and he goes, um... I'm all alone. He's an orphan, I guess. No. And so the guy goes, hmm, solo. <laughs> he really says that. No. Yep. Han Solo's last name comes from the fact that he was an orphan and he was literally solo. It's literal. No. Now, this is Star Wars canon forever okay (laughs) um this is what it actually is going on fucking die literally cringing they're saying that is even dumber than what i thought do they do they do they do the zoom in shot for the last name reveal yes they do yes they do it zooms in on the imperial guy and goes so you're solo (laughs) and he writes that down too and there god is dead and then he remains dead and we have killed him drake and then the title comes up on screen solo a star wars story i'm not fucking kidding that is what (laughs) happens inside this movie at this point you thought like you it, it's so deep into the movie at this point too that you would have sworn they'd already did the title sequence but i guess they hadn't and then there it is it's literally them turning to the camera and going remember what the name of the movie is all right so remember for 
um, the past 40 years, everyone thought that Han Solo's name was Han Solo because he's a man from outer space and that's a normal name in outer space. It just sounds cool. Yeah. And also maybe because thematically it gives you an idea of the character in much the same way that Luke Skywalker's name might make you think that, uh, you know, he's a guy with his head in the clouds, but maybe one day he's destined for greatness in the same way Han Solo is sort of a lone wolf who plays by his own rules. This is just the kind of guy he is, but it's more of just a a storytelling device than it is uh, an actual indicator of anything. For the most part, all of these characters have bizarre spaceman names. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. No, it turns out he's an orphan, and a guy just said, okay, your last name's Solo because you're alone. Cool. And then for the rest of his life, he actually went by that on his own. He chose to do that. Han Solo. Okay. All right. So, so then (laughs) you're going to be okay. You're okay. Come on. (laughs) This is dumb. This is all right. So I'm not kidding. At this point in the movie in the theater, I, I did this and it was a natural reaction. This wasn't me like trying to make a scene or anything. I went, no. And I put my, (laughs) my head in my hands because I was so I was so sure they wouldn't actually stoop that low. And it, it was enough that the, the girl sitting next to me saw me do that and laughed. And by the way, that was the first time in the entire movie that anybody had made any sound or reacted to it in any way, shape, or form. Nobody was laughing. Nobody was cheering. Yeah, and this is a Star Wars movie. And, and in, in a Brooklyn movie theater, meaning, you know who's there. They're a talkative bunch. So people are, it's either nerds or black <laughs> folks, and it means they're either clapping at everything or talking to the screen like you can hear it. Um, <laughs> and none of that was happening. Everyone was dead silent for almost the, the entirety of this movie, except for those five jokes that made it in. Two of those got laughs. Um, dead silent. Uh, uh, those got laughs, and then me putting my head in my hands at how absurd this movie is got a laugh from the person who saw me do it. So the movie suddenly cuts to three years later, and Han is now a mud trooper. He's a stormtrooper in the mud. Yeah. And in this moment, he meets um, Woody Harrelson. I don't know his fucking character's name because I couldn't hear it and they don't really try to make you understand what's going on anyway. And Woody Harrelson appears to also be a mud trooper man, but he's like in charge of them and everyone's dying around them and Woody Harrelson's got his own little rogue squad of mud trooper guys with him, which of course includes a black lady because of course it does and a little alien man. And then I think maybe there was another guy, but I don't know what happened to him. He didn't, he just disappeared at some point. <laughs> a character literally just disappeared and I'm only now <laughs> realizing it. Um, so he might've died. I don't know. I have no idea what happened to that guy, but that guy just disappeared. Well, Han outsmarts these guys. He tries to join their gang. Cause he goes, he, he realizes like, well, they seem to be getting along and they're not dying during all of this. And, you know, he's, he's the hero, so he doesn't really want to be a part of all this empire stuff anyway. 
And then he outsmarts them by because when they reject him over and over again to join them, he goes, all right, well, look, uh, I, I noticed that costume you're wearing there's got quite a few laser blast holes in it which makes me believe uh, either you heal real fast or you stole it off a dead man so i know you guys aren't really in the empire you're you're here to do a job aren't you you're thieves outlaws and of course that's the case they're you know smugglers or something i don't know what they fucking i don't know what they do i i i now that i think about it they weren't smugglers han is a smuggler and you assume that what you're watching is him learning to be one but it is not he just becomes a like a a thief <laughs> he's not really a smuggler he's a, he's just a thief and okay. and so woody harrelson and the uh, black lady and the alien man um, who's like a little four-armed CGI creature, finally just let him join up with him. And, but before, well, actually, sorry, before that, I forgot about this part. I forgot about the part where he meets Chewbacca. <laughs> That's not good. Okay, so, 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 uh, when he calls them out and tries to blackmail them so he can join their group, uh, instead, uh, Woody Harrelson turns the tables on him and calls him out to uh, their superior officer for desertion. He was trying to des- to desert the uh, troop, so they feed they try to feed him to the beast and they throw him into a pit that's very reminiscent of like the Rancor pit thing from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and so you're sitting there and you're going, "Oh fuck, it, are they really going to do the Return of the Jedi thing again? Haven't we seen this before?" And then immediately you go, wait a second. They keep calling it the beast. We haven't seen it yet. They're building up to it. You can hear it making sounds, and you can see it sort of shambling out of the dark. And I swear to God, it shambling out lasts about three minutes. But you figured out it was Chewbacca about three minutes before that. (laughs) So you're just sitting there going, this is Chewbacca. This is Chewbacca. Just show him already. It's fucking Chewbacca. Have him do the growl. It's Chewbacca. We know it's Chewbacca. Show him. And Han said, oh, no. Ah, ah, ah. And then finally, the darkness lifts off of him. And he goes, Bruh. right? And then, and then everybody's supposed to be like, oh, it's Chewbacca. But the whole theater had known that the whole time. So they just sit there. It's like nothing happened. And... So Chewbacca tries to eat Han. <laughs> he's, he, apparently they haven't fed him for weeks. And so he's hungry and he wants to eat Han. And he like really savages him. But then Han, uh, this is insane. This is fucking insane. Han, a man who has yeah. never left his home planet. Uh, he notices that the, the thing that Chewbacca is chained to, this pole he's chained to, is loose. And so right before Chewbacca is going in for the finishing blow... Han does this. He goes. Now this part got a laugh because you're like, wait, what the fuck? And you're, and what you think is he's just hoping Chewbacca will think that he understands him or something. Yeah. And then Chewbacca kind of stops for a second in his tracks and he, he reels back and he, and he goes. And then Han responds in English. Yeah, I speak a little Kashyyyk. He's actually talking to him in his language. Han somehow knows Wookiee language. 
Well, uh, <laughs> that doesn't make a, a lick of uh, no, fucking sense. No. Not a lick of fucking sense. <laughs> so somehow this man who has never left his home planet until a minute ago. Well, I guess the three years had passed in that time. You know what? Technically, three years had passed, but it still seems unbelievable. You've never heard anybody respond to Chewbacca in Chewbacca language. This is the only time this has ever happened in any of these movies. Ray in the current Star Wars movies can speak to Chewbacca and understand him, which is usually the only person that understands him is Han. Somehow she can understand him, but she never responds to him in Wookiee. But Han, it turns out, has always known Wookiee. Well, yeah, and, and you've never seen Han like try to speak Wookiee in the previous films anyway. No, never. He's never so, done it. <laughs> He's never done it. Did the earlier scenes ever have any uh, any uh, Wookiees a- at all in this film so far? This is the only Wookiee so far. There are more coming up, though. And I, Oh, boy. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so Han manages <laughs> to convince Chewie to get on his side and break the pole so they can both escape. They do so. Um, and now they're teamed up, and they manage to get out of there, and then they manage to get with Beckett. Nothing happens that implies the life debt thing or any of that. So Chewbacca remains with this human weirdo for the rest of the movie and all time until Han's death based on nothing, based on he could speak Wookiee for two seconds. And then, by the way, he doesn't speak Wookiee again after that scene. At no point in the movie does he ever speak it again. Just that one time. The rest of the time he speaks English to him. Um, So they team up with uh, Woody Harrelson and those guys. And then then suddenly the movie, so the movie has been a uh, 1950s race, you know, car movie. Then it was very shortly a war movie. Then for a small period of time, it was Star Wars again for a second in there when Chewbacca showed up because it was Return of the Jedi, basically. And now it's a train heist movie. But none of these things are ever fully realized. They, it, all of them fail in these regards every time. So now they've got to they've get some shit off of a train, some sort of MacGuffin kind of thing off of a train. And as they're trying to steal this thing off of a train... Um, one of the villains of the movie comes in and it's this uh it's this bounty hunter type looking thing you know it's wearing a helmet and fur and it's got a cape and stuff and has a bunch of people with it and they're like um they're marauders and the name of this thing is Infis Nest and the only reason I know that is because I looked it up because during the movie when they say that it sounds like fucking gobbledygook it's you can't understand what they're saying it's that it's woody harrelson number one which i you know you know what woody harrelson sounds like you can barely understand that man anyway he's got a weird underbite and you can barely <laughs> has that uh <laughs> accent so he's like ah that, that's fish nest and you're like wait what what did you say is that it's <laughs> is that it's species is that it's name was that an english word and i just misunderstood you Apparently, this thing's name is Infus Nest. It's a marauder. It's got a team of marauders, and they keep stealing their shit out from under them. And uh, Woody Harrelson's little ragtag group works for something for a guy named Dryden Voss. Now, this is the character they had to replace when they reshot the movie. So originally, it was Michael K. Williams playing him. And okay. Now it's uh, the guy that plays the Vision from 
um, uh, Star, I mean, uh, oh, Avengers, okay. Paul Bettany. It's so now it's that guy. And I don't know if this was originally the case with the, uh, with the first guy, but this guy's whole thing is, I don't remember. I think at some point they visited him maybe before the train heist, you get introduced to him. And, uh, this guy's whole thing is he's got these red lines on his face. And when he gets mad, they start to glow a little bit. <laughs> he's a human otherwise, though. Like, he's just a okay. human. But he's got these glowing red things that indicate that he's mad. Which I could have sworn that the thing that indicates someone is mad is acting in emotion. But no, not in, <laughs> not in Star Wars. Did it Wars. at least look cool? No. No? <laughs> no. Oh, right. And he's got a special weapon. It's a, it's a double-sided blade it's like a knife with a knife it's like a handle with a knife on either side and the edge of it glows red on either side when he uses it oh i don't know why it's not like a lightsaber it's just an actual dagger sort of thing but does it glow when he's angry too yeah basically (laughs) so they need to steal this MacGuffin shit for that guy or that guy's going to kill him um and now these marauders are trying to steal it out from under them on this train heist thing uh, little alien guy dies because they don't have the money to keep CGIing him into the movie, so they kill him off first. He's first to go, and uh, then Black Lady dies, and Black Lady is Woody Harrelson's like wife, right? Um, they're they're a couple, and she okay. dies. She dies like a little m- sort of mini heroic death, and then uh, Han and. Woody Harrelson. Oh wait, I, I did skip something. Uh, so so the part the scene where they go and meet this Dryden Voss guy before that. Uh, remember, it's three years later. Han comes to find out Kira's there. She's at this like uh he he's on this spaceship that's like a yacht and it's really fancy, and so everybody there is really fancily dressed and it's like a party going on, and uh, she's there, and it's pretty clear she's got some, like she's working for this guy now. And she's a part of this organization that they're a part of called Crimson Dawn. And she's got this little tattoo on her. You know when, how movies and TV shows all do that thing where when you're a part of a criminal syndicate, you've got a very obviously placed tattoo that lets everyone know you're a part of it on your yeah, wrist? Yeah, like Sons of Anarchy. Exactly. Same yeah. thing. It's bright red. A bright red, obvious symbol tattoo on her wrist. And Han notices it. You see him notice it, like the camera does that thing where it zooms in on his eyes, noticing it. Yeah. And uh, they're part of this thing called Crimson Dawn, which is like basically spelling out for you the only surprise of this movie. They're try- They're really, this whole uh, Dryden Voss guy and all this stuff is really trying to fucking foreshadow what's about the the only like interesting twist of this movie, right? So uh, she joins them. She's like Dryden Voss's girlfriend now, but she still loves Han. And he doesn't trust Han um, to, or Chewbacca. And he also is kind of not trusting her. So he wants her there to keep an eye on them. But also if they fail, he's going to kill her too. So she goes on the train heist with them. Now, Beckett, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's crew, his name's Beckett. I just remembered it. Beckett's crew dies, and uh, now and the the Marauders get the fucking you know unobtainium or whatever the fuck it was, it was magic glow juice they call it. Okay, they don't call it that. 
Uh, <laughs> and so now they're all going to fucking die because they didn't get this thing for this guy who was going to kill him because Crimson Dawn. Ooh. And uh, so they all have to report back on this. And Han has to kind of smart talk his way out of it. I don't know. That now they need a ship for some reason. I have no idea what the fucking plan was here, but they know another place where they can get more of this shit. But it's but they're going to have to have a time limit on it now because movie. Um, and so there's some reason there's a time limit. So they need the fastest ship. And for some reason, Kira knows Lando Calrissian and ha- that he has the fastest ship, which makes no sense because. The Millennium Falcon is not supposed to be a fast ship. It's a freighter, right? Right. Like, it's, the whole thing is it's supposed to haul cargo. So why is it... It's supposed to look like a piece of junk and be... You know, it, the fact that it flies so fast is supposed to be a, a testament to Han Solo, right? Right, right. I mean, that's how he sold it uh, when giving the, the trips for... Luke and uh well yeah so he of course, yeah. so everything about this movie is to explain to you the shit that never needed to be explained why right. how does han solo have the name solo where did he get his gun is a question answered in this movie he gets it in the first scene with uh woody harrelson woody harrelson's got this big rifle type gun and he's like dismantling it and by when once he takes it apart finally it's han solo's usual gun and then he gives it to him <laughs> that's the, that actually happens in the movie and then, and so now the question is <laughs> where did he get the millennium falcon and everybody kind of knows that the story because i think this is mentioned in the actual star wars movies but in the uh extended universe legends stuff the story's always been that he gets it from Lando by winning it in a game of Sabacc, which is like poker, space poker, <laughs> right? So they right. kind of do that. So Kira knows Lando's got this super fast ship that is supposed to just be a normal ship. And in this movie, it looks really different. Like it's got a nice paint job and the inside looks like an Apple store. Everything's white and slick and smooth. Um, yeah they changed the inside of the cockpit didn't they everything is like way more modern looking which is fine which is fine because you go in your head you go okay well yeah obviously it shouldn't have looked like a piece of junk when they first got it and 10 years passed between this movie and and star wars so yeah okay that makes it they've been on a lot of adventure i'll forgive that part except they fuck that up. So, <laughs> so they, uh, so they meet Lando and you know, it's the Lando scene cause it's orange and he's, uh, in a high stakes poker game with alien men and Han's like, well, deal me in. I'm going to win this thing. And for some reason, Han's amazing at poker too. Um, and it comes down, you know, to just between, uh, him and Lando, you know, they play the whole game and, Han puts it all in. He puts, he's been winning, but Lando's been hanging in there and he puts it all in and he uh, manages to trick Lando into betting his ship. And Lando does. And then finally Han lays down the cards and he's like, well, you can't beat a, you know, whatever space version of full house or whatever he was saying. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, even know poker, so I can't even do I that. I mean, you can man. just make up a word and use it. Yeah. Well, you can't beat uh, Kremlin, and everybody's like, oh, 
and they're all congratulating him and stuff. And this goes on for about two minutes and you know, and Lando hasn't put down his cards yet. So, you know, in your head, cause you're not a retard Lando's about to beat him, but this, they just keep fucking cheering for him. And finally Lando puts down his cards and he goes, well, I've got a full sabacc. And so he won. And so then you're like, well, wait, so Han didn't win the ship. So now Lando has to go with them. I don't know. They somehow convince Lando to join up with them too. Now let's talk about Lando for a second. Donald Glover is Lando. Uh, Donald Glover is a shitty actor. Okay. I don't care if you like, I, you know, I don't think he's a good musician. I don't think he's a good stand-up comedian. I don't think he's a good actor. He sucks in this movie. It's, his acting is the worst acting in this whole movie, and the main guy had to take acting classes during the movie. Um, but I think no he, shit. I think he just gets away with it because, like, he's supposed to be a cool black guy, and so nobody's going to say anything to him. No, somewhere like somewhere in recent years, he he got more involved in in nerd culture. Uh, like he became uh, a lot more into things like uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man. That's the the Black Spider Man. After well, he was Peter no, Parker he died. was always a nerdy guy. Like yeah, all his, all his rap stuff was nerdy until a year and a half ago or something. And then suddenly now he's like a he's black guys do this thing where when they are trying to be cool, they think what's cool is talking at an unintelligible level. So now every time you see this guy talking. Um, and even rapping sometimes, he's like, yeah, he's down here now. You know, he used to talk like this. Hi, <laughs> I am so different, man. <laughs> that was all of his rapping, you know? Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I never got into his rap. It was all punchlines. It was all the shittiest punchline rapping. It was all jokes. Because he's a comedian. He was a nerdy black comedian. That was his whole thing. And then all of his raps were about how he's different than other black guys. And now he's like, no, I'm the same as other black guys. (laughs) Now he needs to be the same kind of, he's a mumble rap man now. So he needs to be the same. Um, You know, it used to be like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of any of his songs. Like, uh, uh, do with a hoodie in hair and cornrows with a dick size is bigger than niggas in pornos like that was that's an actual line of his um everything is just this like you know in that song that i just quoted he he talks about darth vader there's a line about darth vader's lightsaber in it call me darth vader because that's my lightsaber um like terrible yeah that, that was his whole thing so he's a nerd but now he's trying to be mr cool black man because this is america and his acting is so bad. And, you know, Lando is supposed to be a Mr. Cool Black Man. That's his kind of his old character. Right, right. Um, and also a bit of a double crosser. And so at this point in the movie, now that we're past train heist movie, now we're into the everyone's a double crosser type movie, like an Ocean's Eleven-y kind of thing. Well, I guess not that, but I can't think of an example. But there's lots of movies like that where hey nobody can trust anybody and they even start saying that in the movie woody harrelson goes hey man nobody can trust nobody remember that and han's like okay (laughs) and then and i guess that's supposed to set you up for the idea that in empire strikes back lando betrays han even though um han goes there thinking like this is an old friend this is the only guy we can trust right now right so it 
this movie actually undercuts everything you ever thought about Lando and Han's relationship because you thought they were old pirates together. Oh, you old pirate. You thought they were smugglers together and friends, and this was an actual big betrayal giving them up to Darth Vader, and Han almost died as a result of it. But it turns out, no, all of their interactions ever from day one have been betrayals because Han notices immediately that when when Lando puts down the Sabacc cards, that he had a little device up his sleeve that was feeding him cards. So the very first interaction he has with him is a betrayal. He cheated at the game, and, and technically Han should have won the Millennium Falcon. The movie actually ends on a scene where Han goes back to win it from him fair and square, and the way he does that is by stealing the card out of his sleeves, a sleeve ahead of the game. And then he runs off with the Millennium Falcon. So it ends with a betrayal thing. This whole movie is like them betraying each other over and over again. So it should never even establishes a good friendship between the two. No, no, never. In fact, Lando outright hates him for the whole movie, the whole movie. And all he does is betray him. So why would Han ever go to this guy in their most desperate time of need like it makes it ruins Empire Strikes Back. So somewhere within the seven years between this movie and uh, when when Star Wars is supposed to start, like they build up this great friendship. Then, like, is that what's supposed to happen? Uh, I guess it. The movie. You know what? Literally, I better not ask that question. I better not ask that question, lest we get another movie. Well, here's the thing. This movie is setting up like it's going to have a sequel to it. Oh. I'm not kidding. They really set this thing up for a sequel thinking you're going to be interested. Um, but oh. the, I'm telling you, the last scene of the movie is him basically stealing the Millennium Falcon back from him or whatever, or, or winning the game by stealing his cards or whatever. Um, it, it and, and, and he runs away and Lando's like, damn it, you know, <laughs> like they're not friends at the end of this movie at all. It does not even set up the idea that they would be friends in the future. And also this movie never explains why suddenly in about seven years, um, everyone looks like the seventies <laughs> because, because in star Wars, everybody's got feathered hair and Han wears like a vest for some reason, Han never right. Han never wears his vest. I really thought they'd give you the origin of his vest in this movie because they give you the fucking origin of everything else. But no, they don't do that. Uh, he never wears the vest. He doesn't have the feathered hair. Lando doesn't have the fro and the mustache. Instead, he's got like modern day, like cool guy, black guy hairdo where the part is shaved in and he's got Tony Stark's beard for some reason. Um, he's like way cooler than he ever actually was. Uh, or like in at least in a modern day sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it really doesn't explain how in seven years time he's going to look like he fell into a prop closet in the seventies. Uh, so they go off and they got to go through this. So, so now what do they do? So you mentioned it before Han talked it up in the original star Wars movie that, <laughs> that, how fast he can go! How fast yeah. he can go by saying he. Well, it's a ship that made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. Right? That's like the big famous line, right? So right. of course, what does this movie have to do? It's got to make the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. So that happens. Um, they go to this. They. Uh, it turns out Kessel 
is inside this big outer space storm that if you go, if you don't go, if you don't fly exactly right through this storm and you fly into the storm at all, you'll die. Ships get lost out there all the time. You die. You got to be a good pilot to even get to Kessel. And then once they're there, they got to go through this whole thing too, this whole rigmarole. And, uh, oh, and by the way, oh, I forgot about this part. God damn, this movie is so shitty. <laughs> so Lando has a, a friend. <laughs> Lando's okay. friend is a robot. And it's a robot, and I'm not kidding, named Leet. It's L337. And it's a lady robot. Fuck you, I saw that. Yeah. And God it, damn it. And it's a lady robot played by yeah. uh, Fleabag, this British comedian lady. And she's not funny in this part. You know, they. I as much as I hate Rogue One, I did at least like the robot in that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alan Tudyk, I think, played that pretty well. And you can tell they're trying to do the same thing with this character in this movie, and it fucking, it falls so flat. Nobody gave a shit. And this, the character quirk of this robot is that it's all for robot or droid rights. So it want you know, in Star Wars, droids are basically slaves. They all have restraining bolts and stuff so that make them slaves. So th- their, this one's whole thing is that it's, you know, equal rights, equal representation for droids. <laughs> and you okay. can you can tell cuz it's a girl playing it that what they're going for there is women's rights. Yeah. So it just yeah. feels so That's a good joke. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And uh. I actually like the idea. I think it's a funny concept, but they went so hard on the SJW side of it that you could tell the audience was like against it. They were just like, uh, it, it, and it and it it was so ancillary to the plot of the movie. It felt tacked on. You're like, why are we spending time with this? So this robot is very outspoken. Doesn't really listen to Lando or whatever. She thinks that Lando is like in love with her. Um. So anyway, th- this droid comes along with him to Kessel. So it's Lando and Kira and Woody Harrelson and Han and this droid. And, uh, oh, and Chewbacca. <laughs> I keep forgetting Chewbacca's there because he's just there, right? Um, and on Kessel, they're using Wookiees as slaves along with droids. And it turns out, uh. it turns out Chewbacca has a family and a wife, and she's on Kessel. And so while they're there, they're trying to make this whole deal happen so they can get this unobtainium or whatever the fuck they're doing, but they got to steal it basically. And the Empire is there and they kind of got to get in under their noses or I don't fucking, I, I have no idea what happens in this fucking scene. But the, the elite droid, the lady droid, sees all these robots being used as servants and stuff and decides to start liberating them. So, which is kind of like, it's a funny concept, but it's just like, there's already so much happening and I already don't understand any of the other stuff happening. And so she starts freeing all the droids in the middle of this. And then Chewbacca starts freeing the Wookiees. And I guess Han was doing it too. No, uh, no, only Chewbacca. Han was off to do something as well. And Kira's doing something. And you see Kira kick a guy's ass and you're like, oh my God, Kira... You're supposed to think in your head like, whoa, where did Kira learn to do all of that? 
but you already know she's part of this criminal syndicate thing called Crimson Dawn. So you just go, oh, because she's like clearly hiding a secret and is a, a bad lady. The whole movie, you know, there's something else going on with her. It's not a, it's not a shock at all. So, yeah. um, can so, I mention something real quick? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a comment that I liked. Uh, it says uh, Chewbacca has a family. Is this a prequel to the holiday special too? Well, so that's the thing. Is like, yeah, basically he's got a you know a wife named Lumpy or something, and a son named Itchy. <laughs> so and a grandpa or something. So Scratchy and Itchy or something. I don't know what their <laughs> names are. So I, look, I, by the way, I know this is going too long. I apologize, but I. As I go, I can't believe how much... This movie was fucking two hours long. A Han Solo movie is two hours long, for Christ's sake. And as I'm going, I'm realizing how much stupider everything gets. And I have not even gotten to the stupidest parts. Um, although we're getting there. So, so Chewbacca finds his wife, I guess. But they don't really like explicitly say that. But clearly, he's got a connection to this one Wookiee. And he frees her. And I don't know why, but they made Chewbacca's wife. I know Chewbacca's a monkey man, but they made her look like such a gross looking monkey man lady. Like you've never seen a Wookiee look this fucking baboon like. Like we I wonder s- if I can find it. We've already seen a whole planet of Wookiees in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And this is wife, right? Yeah, but they gave her like her face doesn't seem to have hair on it. It's got like a it's just like leathery and black. And it looks she looks like a monkey lady. It's and she looks gross. And you're like, Chewbacca, you can do better than this. And they free her and everything. And then I don't know what is I don't know what happens after that. Because I think they just leave them all behind on this. So all these droids and and uh, Wookiees are free now, but they just leave them behind in the middle of this planet, in the middle of a deadly storm. Um, and I don't think that any of them necessarily know how to pilot ships or even have access to them. I don't know what happens, but Chewbacca abandons his wife. After- That's what I was about to ask. Yeah, no, he just leaves her for Han. And it's never explained why, because again, there's no life debt in this. So remember... During all of the Star Wars movies you've ever seen for what amounts to 30, 40 years of in-movie time, Chewbacca has a wife that he never sees again just to hang out with Han Solo. Well, not just a wife, but kids, too. Well, we don't know that kids... I mean, that's the holiday special. We don't know that. Oh, I thought you mentioned that he had kids. That's from the holiday special. That's why. Oh. But, um... That would have been funnier if he had kids. But he's got a wife or a girlfriend or something. He's got a lady baboon lady. He's got a monkey lady. And he just abandoned... He frees her and abandons her forever. He went MGTOW. Oh, he went super... (laughs) Chewbacca gets pretty red-pilled in this movie. And I can see why. (laughs) Because he sees uh, Han's girl betray him that's probably part of it so now they got to fly out of the storm and they're being chased wait if they're being chased then look i have no idea what happened to all the wookies and people they freed or whatever oh and uh the robot the lady robot dies on the planet um and lando manages to drag in like what's left of her body but she's dead she dies on the ship and they fly out of there and now because lando's cradling the robot 
Han finally gets to pilot the ship, which presumably is like his first time doing so ever. But now he's already a master pilot. And uh, and then he tries to get Kira to co-pilot with him, and she doesn't know what she's fucking doing because she's just a, a woman. And so now they need somebody who knows what they're doing. And then Chewbacca steps up, and he's like, you know how to fly a ship? And then Chewbacca just grunts something, and that's when he finds out that Chewbacca's 200 years old. And so, yeah, he knows how to fly, I guess, because he's 200 years old. Okay. And so he becomes the co-pilot. And then Han, like, makes this face. Keep in mind, all of this stuff only makes sense if you have seen Star Wars. Um, None of the, nothing that happens in this movie makes any sense outside of, of knowing what will happen in the future to these characters. And it's not its own story in any way, shape, or form. Uh, because when Chewbacca sits in the seat next to Han, and now they're finally flying the Millennium Falcon on their own, he gives this look over at Chewbacca like, yeah, this feels right. <laughs> you know? It's like, he just met this fucking That's monkey. So lame. He met a monkey like a day ago, and now he's <laughs> like, we're best friends. We're going to be best friends forever. Ever, Shake and ever. bake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shake and bake. Uh, and so now they got to fly through this storm, but they're being chased or something. Something bad's going to happen. So now they need to make the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. They they state outright that uh, you can't do it in less than 20. Um, but, but now if they don't get this unobtainium to where they're going in a certain amount of time, so they got to do it in less than 20. And they figure out a way to do it by... Uh, by putting a little bit of the unobtainium in the engine of the Falcon. And so it like uh-huh. supercharges the Falcon. But in your mind, you're going, don't these things travel at light speed when they want to? Isn't that what hyperspace is? Why don't right, you, right. Why, why don't you just do that? But they, no, they need to supercharge it for some reason. So they do that. And they, and they also they have to fly through the storm and that's how they make the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs but it's also how everything in and around and on the millennium falcon gets destroyed so by the time they get to the planet they need to get to to get this unobtainium there it's it looks like a piece of shit it was like sleek and everything and now it looks like fucking crap so now they're on the new planet and now it's uh the western movie (laughs) because they're on a new planet and it's like a it's it's not like tattooing but it's sort of a sandy planet okay and uh because western and um and also this planet by the way this is interesting this is um the first black planet like everybody on it is a black person oh they're like african people i didn't i didn't know they would do that yeah they're it's just it's all black human beings wearing kind of african stuff. it's wakanda the planet i guess sounds to <laughs> me like a like a space segregation here yeah maybe so um isn't that space balls they add liquid schwartz holy shit you're right <laughs> oh my god that is Skyler. holy shit fuck me man you're absolutely right <laughs> so they get to the planet and lando now oh oh the other part oh, i forgot about this part the only way they were able to do all of that and not die was they need perfect navigation and they had set up earlier that that robot is the best navigator ever. She's got all the systems in her brain and she plugs into the ship 
to uh, be its navigator. So they take her memory banks or whatever and they put it in the ship and now she's in she's part of the Millennium Falcon. So this ship that you have never has never in any way been anthropomorphized in the 40 years of Star Wars. Now it's supposed when you rewatch it you're supposed to in your head go there's a lady robot inside there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is real. Holy shit. I forgot about that part. So they've now explained the Kessel run, Han's gun, his name, um, why the ship looks the way it does, how he met Han Solo, how he, I mean, how he met Chewbacca, how he met Lando. Now they're on this, uh, black people planet and they need to, they they start i think what they had to do was refine the unobtainium or else it was going to explode that's why they had to do it all in a time limit and so while they're doing that lando's like I, hey man look i hate you motherfuckers fuck all y'all i'm going to be on the ship in my quarters leave me alone uh, you just let me know when this is all over and then uh woody harrelson um is trying to get them ready to go take this shit to uh the dryden voss guy who I guess is on the planet in his ship and he's heading there. He was like meeting them there. And meanwhile, suddenly Infus Nest, that marauder from before with the, with the helmet, right. uh, with a mask shows up with all their marauders and they think, uh Oh, they're about to take all our shit. And this is like, okay, so this is weirdly one of the big reveals of this movie. And I swear to God, I have no idea what happened in this scene. Maybe this is just me. I have no fucking idea what happened. But they're they're at a they're having a standoff. So it's Han and Woody Harrelson and uh, Chewbacca and Kira, and they're having a standoff against the Marauders. And Han tries to uh, you know play the Han thing, and he, he steps forward. You know Woody Harrelson was trying to talk him down, but Han steps forward and goes, you know, look here. Uh, you don't know it, but over there on that ship, and he points at Millennium Falcon, we've got 30 guys on there, and I, I give them the signal, they blow your men away. And uh, Infus Ness just stands there, doesn't say anything. And right after he says that, Lando just takes off in the ship, never to be seen again. He just, he just leaves them there, abandons them. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is kind of funny. Um, and then Han has to step back and be like, okay, never mind, that didn't work. And so Infus Nest starts walking toward them, approaching them. And then here's the big reveal, right? They take, okay. off, they take off the helmet. Now, who do you think is under the mask? This is a big reveal. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. If you had to Play guess, if you had to guess, any character. <sighs> it could be somebody in this movie I've mentioned. It could be a larger Star Wars character. It could be anything. Mm, for all I know, it could be Boba Fett. It could be Boba Fett. It is sort of a a uh, bounty hunter looking type character. It's actually a cooler outfit than Boba Fett. By the way, Dryden Voss has a Boba Fett costume in his office, and they just constantly show it and never explain why he's got Boba Fett's costume. Huh? It's just sitting there, like on display. And in yeah. your mind, I guess you're supposed to go, "I know Boba Fett." But it, it, why does he have it? All right, so anyway. she the, So uh, uh, they're all standing there. This infus nest takes off the helmet. It's dun, dun, dun. 
a young mixed race girl that you've never met before ever. But the camera zooms in on her face and pauses there for a moment as if you're supposed to understand this. Okay. I don't know if the big okay. reveal was that it was a girl the whole time or if it was that it was a mixed race person. <laughs> she's That's like the big reveal. Yeah, she's like she's like light skinned black, but has red hair, uh, you know, like one of those sort of weird freckly black people sort of things. Right. Um, I don't know if that was the reveal. And then in my head, I'm going, did we meet this character already? Like, I was thinking it was going to be somebody who had already appeared in the movie. I'm racking my brain going, who could it even be? And then I'm thinking, okay, well, she's mixed race, black and white. Is she supposed to be Woody Harrelson and the black lady's daughter? And then I'm thinking, okay, that must be it. So Woody Harrelson's about to go, you know, baby or something. You know, I can't believe it's you. Nope. (laughs) There is no connection as far as we're made aware. Okay. And then she just walks past them after the two minute hold on her face as if that's meaningful in some way. Um, (laughs) Paul Walker, is it Sasha or Malia? It was a Malia. Actually, she goes, I need a drink. (laughs) And she walks past them. She looks like a kid. She walks past them and then goes up to this like outdoor bar that the uh, black people are running. And she gets, she pours herself a drink and then she, Okay, again, I have no idea what goes on in this scene. She sort of explains that they're not marauders, they're re- they're rebels, but they're not but it's not the rebellion because the rebellion doesn't exist yet. This is before Rogue One. And so they're sort of like they they kind of refer to themselves as rebelling and uh this crimson dawn that these guys are working for, they know they're evil and you can't you can't uh, let them get this stuff because they sell this stuff to the empire and they killed my, she says they killed my family. So then, you know, she's not the daughter of this guy, right? Cause she, she says everybody she knows died and everybody who's with her, all of their people died too. And then they all start taking off their masks. And one of them is, um, is, uh, Warwick Davis. He's like, you know, the midget guy who played an Ewok who like right. shows up in, in George Lucas stuff sometimes. He's one of them, too. And apparently he's, a, he's supposed to be the same character he played in Phantom Menace. But there's no way to know that. He just looks like his fucking midget self. Uh, he played like a background character in Phantom Menace, and it's supposed to be the same guy for some reason. Um, anyway, so uh, they're all, they've all had their families wiped out by these I don't know if it was Crimson Dawn or the Empire. I, I I have no idea what happened, but she's basically trying to get uh, Woody Harrelson and Han on their side. And Han's like listening to it because, you know, Han, deep down, he's the good guy, right? Even though he's right. supposed to be just for himself, he's like, all right, I'm thinking of a way we can make this work out where none of us die and we get away with this. And Woody Harrelson's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm just taking off. There's no way I'm going to be, be a part of this. Uh, and then he... He runs off with the unobtainium or something? No, no, no. No, no, no. He doesn't. He just leaves. He leaves before they can kill him. Okay. <laughs> he's like, he's just trying to get out of there. And then uh so they they hatch a plan to help out 
black girl <laughs> in Fist Nest. They hatch a plan to help them out because it turns out they're the good guys or something. And I think what they're hinting, I really have no fucking idea what happened at this part. I'm doing a very bad job of explaining it because I don't understand it after having seen it. But I think what they're hinting at here is that this mixed race girl in a mask is the person who started the rebellion from Star Wars, like the whole rebellion. I think that's what they're trying to imply here. Even though we've already seen the rebellion start twice in these fucking movies, once in Revenge of the Sith with uh, Padme and the senators and all that, and then again in Rogue One, ten or seven years later after this, you see the, the Empire start with their girl character, but now it's supposed to be this black girl started their fucking rebellion. I don't know. Anyway, so the uh, the yacht ship, Dryden Voss's yacht ship shows up, and uh, they get on it, and they sh- he's got the unobtainium there, but you know he's, like, fooling him, and Dryden Voss is in on it, he's like, this isn't the real stuff, this is fake. It's a very good fake, though. It looks very real. I don't know how you did it. And he's like, no, what do you mean? It's real. And he's like, well, sorry, but somebody double-crossed you. And then he's like, Kira. And it turns out it's not Kira who double-crossed him. It was Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson shows up into the room. And he's like, hey, sorry, kid. And then he gets his money and he gets to leave. And he leaves with, um, I think they give him, I don't fucking, I honestly have no idea what happened in this movie. Oh it my doesn't God. matter. It probably doesn't matter. But anyway, then... So he double-crossed him, and now uh, now he and Kira have to fight Dryden Voss, um, and they do. And then Han, and they win. They kill. They she she kills him. She kills Dryden Voss, and then she tells Han and Chewie to go after Beckett to uh, stop him and get their money back or whatever or something. I I don't fucking remember at this point. And then. Uh, while they're gone, so here's the big reveal of the movie. This is like, and this is really to in this movie's credit, they don't do a lot of fan service stuff. There's a few lines here or there that you have to be a real nerd to know, but right, like at the very least in this one, C3PO doesn't show up to just go, oh my, and then leave. Nothing like that happens <laughs> until this point where the big twist ending of this movie is a giant fan service moment, and it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <sighs> Kira, Han leaves, and Kira's now alone in this room. And so all of a sudden, her demeanor changes, and you can tell, uh-oh, wait, she's still bad. And uh, Kira goes to uh, the desk and contacts the head of Crimson Dawn, and it's a hologram thing. You know, Star Wars holograms. Yeah, yeah. They're blue, right? <laughs> and so she contacts wh- whoever it is. And they kind of show the hologram from behind and, like, at its foot. And so you won't know who it is, but you can hear the voice. And they're like, you know, Kira, wh- what, do you have, wh- what do you have to report to me? And she's like, Dryden Voss is dead. Uh, but, and we met, and the unobtainium stuff was stolen from us. That's impossible. How could somebody do that? And then what they reveal is the head of Crimson Dawn is Darth Maul. (laughs) 
So isn't he dead? So so he got cut in half in the Phantom Menace. But most Star Wars nerds do know that he survives that and gets robot legs. But because the audience, they assume the audience is not going to know that shit and is also retarded and is going to be like you and sit there and go, isn't he dead? You need to explain this to us. Here's how they explain it to you. Please he, tell me. He is somehow, so he's just on a hologram. They don't okay. show, they don't show him in real life. And by the way, it's really Ray Park reprising the role of Darth Maul. Uh, he's got the full makeup. He, he br- by the way, they show his face and then he takes off the hood and that's supposed to show you that it's Darth Maul. But you saw his face. So, so he's got a fucking red and black tattoo man face. So you right, know it's right. him. At, but then he takes off the hood and it's supposed to be a big reveal. And that was the only time in the theater where a few people kind of went, <gasps> wait, well, and then you can hear people going, wait, what? What the fuck? He's dead, right? I thought he was dead. What's going-? You kind of hear that happening in the audience. But even that didn't get a huge reaction. So they have him do this. I swear to God. So number one, the way you know Darth Maul is Darth Maul is because he's red and black, right? But he's on a hologram, which is supposed to be blue. So they kind of start... Uh, I don't know, there's, Did they pl- change the color of the hologram to they're, red and... They're, well, they set. play... It's, it's still... The hologram is still blue, but his face is crystal clear. <laughs> it's like, it is so clearly red and black. Like, there's no mistaking that this is Darth Maul, of course. And he's seated... I don't. I have no idea what these characters are talking about because all I could focus on was this retarded moment. So they have him stand up, and as he stands up, it draws attention to the fact that he's got robot legs, and even and remember this is a hologram. But through the hologram, you hear his robot legs make sound. They go <laughs> as he stands up. Remember Darth Vader, who is mostly a robot. He does yes. he never makes those sounds. But, no, he does. But through a, a hologram paw, Darth Maul, so that you'll notice his robot legs make sounds. And it gets worse. Then he he says something dramatic and he takes out his lightsaber because it's there's gotta be a lightsaber in this movie. So in the hologram. He takes out his lightsaber and lights it, one end of it. And you can, it's a new lightsaber, too, because his lightsaber got cut in half. It's a new one, and it, it comes out. And, he, and by the way, full-on color, full red. And, uh, and by the way, aren't there only supposed to be two Sith? Why wouldn't, if Darth Maul is still alive, why would Palpatine keep using the man who is mostly machine and not the one who's only half machine? Oh, and he uses the force to get it. So the force still happens in this movie and lightsaber still happens. It comes from off screen, but in the hologram, (laughs) the lightsaber to his hand, he lights it full red lightsaber. Fuck. More like Darth Menthol. Darth Maul didn't actually die. For the fucking birds. My man Darth is tricked the fuck out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he lights it on one side, and then the camera, uh, he says something dramatic again or whatever, and then the camera pans all the way out, and he lights the other end of it so that you know it's still a double-sided lightsaber, motherfucker. Hell yeah, brother. And then that's the end of that. And, and by the way, that's like the fucking end of the movie, more or less. They do something with Woody Harrelson. I don't remember why. They they get their shit back from him or something. Maybe they kill him. I don't remember what happens with him. I literally don't remember what happens with him after that. And then Kira, yeah, they kill Yeah, he kills him. Han kills 
Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson starts to go like, Han, you're, you're the good guy, man. You, you won't do it. You don't have it. And then they do this thing where the point of it is that Han shoots him in the middle of talking, which number one is kind of a callback to Indiana Jones, you know, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's and it's also to show you that now Han is like, you know, that's, he's morally gray. He's in that area. But it's also supposed to be, Woody Harrelson's about to shoot him. So it's clearly supposed to be a reference to Han shot first. So he just shoots him dead in the middle of talking, but then he goes and cradles him. He's like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I didn't mean to. And then it's like, what? And then they have their moment, and then Kira just flies by in the yacht and then just takes off to, I guess, never be seen again. But it's clearly done in a way where it's, you're supposed to go, oh, we'll see her again in future stories. <laughs> and you're like, what? Who cares? And by the way, you we've seen future stories this is Hans, the love of his life. He grew up with this girl. Never mentions her again. Princess Leia is the girl he ends up with. Um, right. Doesn't fucking matter. Chewbacca got a wife. Nah, doesn't fucking matter. Darth Maul is alive and in charge of a criminal syndicate that you've never heard of because you'll never hear of it again and it doesn't matter. Um, nothing happens. with Like, Darth Maul doesn't die in this movie. What? Now, I'm thinking maybe that's a little bit of a setup to... Um, the Obi-Wan movie that's going to come out or maybe Boba Fett or maybe both. Cause they do Han mentions going to Tatooine at the end of this movie to, to meet up with Jabba. And, uh, so maybe there will, and we know that Darth Maul fights Obi-Wan on Tatooine from comic books and shit or something. I don't know. So, uh, I guess maybe it's all a setup for that fucking shit. Who knows? But I'm so glad this movie's not making any money because, God damn, it was the worst thing ever. And then it ends on that Lando thing. Fucking worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not a good Star Wars movie. It's not a good movie. I'm not sure it is a movie in any way, shape, or form. It is the worst thing. It, it sounds like the product of um, of schisms, uh, for one. Like it, it sounds like there just wasn't um, clear communication on where the, the direction was supposed to go with this movie. It like nothing that you've mentioned about this so far is, is interesting at all. And it's not just because it's a prequel either. Like there's, there's nothing that you're saying that's piquing any interest out of me. And, and now it's, it's also devaluing, you know, important parts from the other star Wars movies. too. Yeah. It, it literally, it, it literally fucks up star Wars. Like not even in the does. way, like, yeah. I, like last Jedi is an unforgivably bad movie that ruins star Wars. Right. But right. at least all it did was, for more or less, it ruined the future of Star Wars. It didn't technically ruin the old movies. Like, the old movies still happened the way they happened and didn't really reveal anything about those in any way. Yeah. This movie actually ruins the old one. You can no longer sit there and say, like, well, you just sit and you enjoy the old one. No, because though it turns out um, now... The Millennium Falcon is a robot lady and Lando was always a backstabber and blah, 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 blah. I mean, all of these things have just been forever irrevocably made stupid by this shitty movie that never needed to happen all because they want to explain how Han Solo got his gun. So do you remember like way back when the, the last Jedi came out and you and I saw it at the same time and we both wanted to talk about it and at, at one point, I'm, I'm asking, do you, do you want to save this for the hangout explosion? And you're saying no, because I am scared and angry. Yes. Like, <laughs> like that one, <laughs> like that one got us both like pretty visibly frustrated. 
So which one's worse at this point? Is it Solo or The Last Jedi to you? The Last Jedi is a is a crime against Star Wars and Solo a Star Wars story is a crime against movies and Star Wars. <laughs> so it is technically worse. I think Last Jedi does more damage overall Star Wars wise. I I hate Last Jedi more. Um, but only because at the time I was still invested in Star Wars. Star Wars is now dead. Bye, Chewbacca. Uh, so, like, I feel like I don't care enough anymore to say that Han Solo was worse. You know what I mean? It, it's one thing to just grow out of something. Like, everybody grows out of something that they enjoy. I mean, we're Hopefully. not all Christine Chandler, but <laughs> it was... It, <laughs> Like for you, it took um, a couple movies to just kill it for you. I mean, otherwise you could have just, you know, enjoyed a good Star Wars film if it came out. Uh, yeah. Well, Last Jedi is what ruined. Like I w- went into this like, one going, "This will be shit," and part of that yeah. was because of what this movie was, but a big part of it was also because of the Last Jedi and how shitty that was, and and how shitty Rogue One was. Uh, Rogue One was also a terrible piece of work. So. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it was already ruined, but this was like this wasn't the nail in the coffin. This was pissing on the grave. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right, Do Dre. you think there's any kind of uh, redemption that this series is going to no. get in the later films? Oh god, no. No, 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 no. No, it's over. It's dead. It's dead. Let let the past die. Kill it if you must. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh Drake, uh plug your stuff and thank you for uh, joining me. Uh tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am Captain Dirk on uh, Super Arrogant Bros. Uh, you can find me on uh, both madcastmedia.com and arrogantmedia.net. Uh, but also, if you want to chat with me, there's facebook.com slash arrogantmedia. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me for this. Thank you, Jesse. All right. And um, here's the thing, guys. I, actually, it's not quite the end of the show. I've got one more thing for you. I know this is long, but I've got one more thing for you. Um, it's talking uh, Something that we were talking about earlier and kind of the whole point of all of this and something I've been saying since the prequels is essentially what they're doing is they're just digging up the corpse of star Wars over and over again to show you how Han Solo got his gun. And the thing I've I've been saying forever now is eventually we're going to get to the point where they're going to have to just make a movie showing you how Darth Vader takes a shit, right? That that's the last step. The last step is, well, how does Darth Vader poop in his suit? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've I've gone to the trouble to beat Lucasfilm to the punch, to beat Disney to the punch. I've made that movie for you in a PowerPoint presentation here. I hope you'll enjoy this. This is How Does Darth Vader Poop? A Star Wars Story. <laughs> okay? So here we have Darth Vader, as you can see. There's Darth. And by the way, if you're listening to the audio version of this, go check out the video version at uh, youtube.com slash podawful. We still have a YouTube. youtube.com slash podawful. Subscribe to us there and hit that bell icon and make sure you're getting those notifications. Make sure you're still subscribed. YouTube does some fuckery with us. This is How Does Darth Vader Poop? A Star Wars Story, the next movie in the series of Star Wars movies that are sure to come out because... Hollywood is morally bankrupt and also creatively bankrupt. 
How does Darth Vader poop a Star Wars story begins with Darth Vader. He's going about his business. This is uh, right, right before the events of A New Hope because all of these movies are. And suddenly everyone's wondering, wait a second, Darth, how do you take a shit? Well, as the movie progresses, we actually see a cross-section of Darth Vader's suit, the inner workings of it. Uh, it's in gory detail explained to us what all the buttons on his costume do, what the helmet does, all that kind of stuff. And then we get a zoom in of the cross-section to his crotch. And right there you can see, apparently Darth Vader just pisses right down his leg. <laughs> As you can see right there, the pee doesn't matter so much to him. He just pisses right down his leg. There's a bunch of yellow stuff going down his bones. But if you look carefully next to that red arrow, you'll see a little hole built in to Darth Vader's cod piece that you've never really seen before because they didn't have the um, they didn't really have the uh, the camera angles to see that before. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what's in Darth Vader's crotch? You'll see it in How Does Darth Vader Poop a Star Wars Story. See, here's his crotch. Now, here's the first time we ever finally see the amazing, you know, uh, uh, vibranium hide of Darth Vader's crotch. Uh, And we actually see this. The camera pans in only the way that CGI allows. They couldn't do this back in the 1970s to really show us how Darth Vader shits. So now CGI takes us through the inner workings of the Death Stars as Darth Vader is moving around in there, up through the toilet into Darth Vader's butt, and here we get a bird's eye view of it, and that's when we finally see Darth Vader's butthole. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. And as you can see, it actually uses it actually uses a lot of the same tech that the, Dar- that the Death Star radar dish uses, the laser dish uses, it's actually an aperture that opens and closes at the bottom of his suit that allows poop to come in and out without hurting his, his inner workings and his body. And, and here you can see some of his poop coming out. And not only poop, but uh, sometimes it opens up, lets out streams of diarrhea, And we'll actually see that during the movie. We'll see several different stages of poop happen and of shock on Darth Vader's face as he does it. Um, So so as this goes on, then you start to wonder, well, wait a second. We're we're getting a bird's eye view of Darth having the squirts. Um, And by the way, you know, when he pees down his leg, that's just because he has a fetish. But we find out that he doesn't really enjoy the pooping process. That part has been pretty difficult for him. Uh, throughout his journey, becoming more more machine than man now. So where does he poop, though? Where is the toilet on the Death Star? Well, it turns out that hyperbaric chamber we keep seeing him in, that big egg thing that opens up where he's not wearing the helmet inside, that's his toilet. So every time a character has come in interrupting him, making that face, they're not making the face because they're seeing scars. This is a this is a movie full of alien people. They're not afraid to see a scarred up man. No, they're making that face because they're smelling him shitting. And the reason he takes off his helmet inside the toilet, the big egg hyperbaric toilet, is because, well, he likes his own brand. He likes the smell of it. And this is, again, this is a Disney movie that's coming out. So we'll probably get a little bit of fan service during this part where a character we know and love from previous Star Wars movies show up and interrupt him or... or what what is it i'm in the middle of pooping and then like i don't know the fucking gonk droid shows up just covered in shit (laughs) you know a classic character from star wars the gonk droid interrupts and as we learn more and more about darth vader's butthole 
the movie progresses, but we start to wonder, well, where does this shit go? Do they just flush it out into the vacuum of space? What do they do with it? You know, he's taking a lot of shits in this movie. Well, then all of a sudden, and this is like so exciting. This is the moment that Star Wars fans have truly been waiting for. We cut to an exterior shot in the hallways of the Death Star. We see stormtroopers, Imperial officers walking by, and suddenly and slowly, the camera pans down, and we see a mouse droid, and the mouse droid makes its way along the corridors and only the way it does, and at that high breakneck speed where it's weaving in and out of stormtrooper feet and other larger droids, and it comes to the hyperbaric chamber to collect Darth Vader's stool. And then we follow it through the halls of the Death Star. And now as we follow it out of the hyperbaric chamber area and to wherever its destination is, we notice stormtroopers are now running and Imperial officers are running around. We can hear uh, warnings and system warnings happening everywhere. Something is clearly going on inside the Death Star. And then the mouse droid shows up to where Darth Vader's poop eventually goes, which is, of course the trash compactor. And that's where we see our heroes, Han, Luke, and Leia, as the walls start closing in. Ladies and gentlemen, from here we have Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. It goes right into the action of the original film. And that is How Does Darth Vader Poop a Star Wars Story. Thank you so much. That is my actual pitch to Lucasfilm. If you make that movie, guys, you got to pay me, okay? Also, I would like to be the director of that movie. Please don't replace me with Ron Howard 95% of the way through. Thanks for everybody who stuck around for this nonsense, this geeky nonsense. I swear to God, I'll never do it again. Make sure you join that pizza fund. If you enjoy the content you just saw here, we've got a bonus content section like Patreon called the Pizza Fund. You can find it over at podawful.pizza. I just put out a brand new world. World War War. episode where we go hard after our enemies. Very funny episode. Something a lot of the listeners have been waiting for for a long time. This one's called World War Negro. You're going to want to check it out. Podawful.pizza. Sign up for the pizza fund. Thanks to everybody who did while we had the uh, discount going on. And until next time, have an awful day. Head over to podawful.com slash iTunes and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're live every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern at podawful.tv. Love the show? Keep it going by donating to the Pizza Fund. Podawful.com slash support. And anything else you need is at podawful.com. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.